0: And the full interview archive is also available at youtube.com slash Scott Horton Show. All right, you guys, special Friday episode of the show this week. It's Trita Parsi. He is, of course, as I'm always telling you, the author of Treacherous Alliance and also other books, but especially Treacherous Alliance. And uh, he is the co-founder and vice president at the Quincy Institute for Responsible Statecraft. And thank goodness for that. Welcome back to the show. How are you doing, Trita?
1: Doing well. How are you?
0: I'm doing good, man. So uh, early this morning, our time, um, the 26th of January, that is, the International Court of Justice issued their ruling, or at least a ruling, I should say, regarding South Africa's case against Israel for what they call genocide in the Gaza Strip. And so um, I guess just on the very face of it, all the critics are claiming victory, except for some who say they're disappointed. It's a sellout. And on the other side, Netanyahu and his government ministers are saying it doesn't mean anything to them. They can do whatever they want. The Hague Schmeg said, um, I forget, the foreign minister, I think it was. And um, the Jerusalem Post and the New York Times and uh, many other publications are saying, aha, well, they didn't order Israel to stop, so that's a victory for Israel. And so all of these people violently disagree about what it says in that opinion and what it all means, us, so set us all straight.
1: Obviously, everyone's going to try to spin it their own way, but... Uh trying to spin this as some sort of a victory for Israel is um I mean it's Baghdad Bob level of (laughs) self-delusion um on everything except for the request the explicit request that the court orders a ceasefire the South Africans won and they won with overwhelming margins but at the same time if you take a look at what the court is ordering it's next to impossible for Israel to achieve it without a ceasefire. So in in practice, what the implications of the case is, is that it will have to go towards a ceasefire. On the more important aspect uh, for a longer term matter, which is, did the South Africans show enough evidence that there is a plausible case to be made that what Israel is engaging in right now does constitute genocide? then clearly the South Africans won because the court did not dismiss the case, asked for more evidence. It's gonna do its own investigation, but said that the evidence that has been provided so far has been so convincing that they even ordered South Africa to prosecute its own senior politicians who have been issuing statements that are genocidal. Interesting Israel, enough, you mean. that includes, you know, minister post in the Israeli government.
0: Mm-hmm. You said South Africa, but you meant Israel there.
1: I'm sorry, I mean, meant Israel.
0: Yeah, just so,
1: make sure. um, This is, you know, at the end of the day, this is a huge, huge blow mm-hmm. to Israel. And just to put it in context, I think you and I have talked about this a little bit in, in the past. You know, the Israelis have gone to great lengths trying to prevent the spread of BDS, the boycott, divestment uh, and sanctions movement, um, you know, to the point that they've actually successfully outlawed it. Uh, in several U.S. states, and there's a clear question as to whether that's actually constitutional. Um, They made sure, for instance, I think it is in Texas, you cannot get a government contract unless you sign a form saying that you will never boycott Israel. They didn't do this because the boycott, divestment and sanctions movement was going to have a particularly impactful uh, uh, negative uh, consequences for the Israeli economy. They did so because they saw it as a way that would delegitimize Israel. Well, nothing delegitimizes Israel more than having the international court of justice essentially agreeing with South Africa that what is happening in Gaza right now can constitute genocide using South Africa's own actions and uh, sorry, Israel's own actions and statements as evidence for that and going forward with a fuller investigation. This is, uh, a complete PR and and diplomatic disaster for Israel and in extension for the United States because we, under the Biden administration, are obviously the ones that are enabling Israel to do what it is doing in Gaza and actively, actively blocking the rest of the world from pushing for a ceasefire.
0: Yeah. All right. Forgive me, I have to add a little disclaimer here. I'm against the UN and the whole UN system, the (laughs) post-war. Uh, so-called collective security and rules-based international order. Because why? Because America is the world government. And without the United States to enforce all this, it doesn't really mean anything, which is something that actually you bring up in your article here. That Oh, which I, I mean to say, by the way, that aside, all other things being equal, Israel is a signatory to the U.N. Charter and to the Genocide Convention and to the International Court of Justice you know, structure and whatever. So all other things being equal, they've signed up to be subject to this international law. But it does leave us in a position where I think, as you say, well, now, is Joe Biden going to veto this on the U.N. Security Council and say, you know, all of their um, prescriptions here, uh, their injunctions that they're imposing are null and void and that Israel can go ahead? And then what does that mean for the rules-based order when they do that? Because the answer, I think, is probably yes, Right
1: yeah I mean th- this is again interestingly enough we looked into it and, and the Biden administration senior officials have more or less stopped using the term rules-based international order since October 7th
0: uh-huh. what they use it
1: almost every, daily uh, as long as their focus was on Ukraine but now when we have Gaza in the mix I think they themselves recognize that the, uh, the depth the magnitude of the double standard is just too great that they just uh essentially stop using the term. I'm not yeah, saying in fact, that they on completely on Twitter this morning,
0: it. on Twitter this morning you wrote that in the previous cases of Myanmar, Ukraine and Syria, the US has stressed that ICJ provisional measures are binding and must be fully implemented. That's the US talking yeah, exactly. about this particular court when things are going their way.
1: Exactly. So, uh, this is also something that You know, other countries have been looking to, which is going back to what you mentioned earlier on about the UN system as a whole, if the courts only actually are effective when it is prosecuting countries that are at odds with the United States, then obviously that is not satisfactory, since at the end of the day, the United States and its allies are also prolific violators of human rights and and, and commit crimes that are highly problematic. This was in many ways a test for the court itself to see with such overwhelming evidence, would it follow the law or would it be politically swayed to uh, essentially um, uh, use a different standard here? The court seems to have lived up to the standards they need to live up to. The question is, will the United States now live up to the same standards?
0: Yeah. Well, it's a pretty safe bet that they're going to veto it, right? They're not going to go against Israel. If, if
1: it goes forward and it's calling for a ceasefire, it, it seems pretty clear that the administration will do so. Uh, but even if it's a different uh, variation of it, it's going to be very interesting to see how uh, the administration handles this. Uh, I can assure you, I would be shocked if anyone in the White House on October 8th had envisioned and predicted that this, this is where uh, the US uh, would end up being. Um, uh, three months into this conflict, because look how isolated we are right now Mm -hmm. uh, in the world. And we will be even more so if we end up being the only country that is essentially trying to block the ICJ, uh, particularly after, you know, the US's position on all of these other cases. Mm -hmm. Um, In regards to Um, And I think it's also very important to recognize another factor here, which I think you and I have talked a lot about in the past, which is, ultimately, when the United States is providing such a blank check to some of its partners, is it good for the US? And is it even good for those states? Because here we have a situation in which the US provided a complete blank check no public criticism of Israeli conduct, some very, very meek private uh, criticism that clearly didn't amount to anything. And what did the Israelis do? They just went completely berserk and they've acted in such a way that the court has now found them preliminarily engaging in genocide. Imagine if the United States had actually had a much more measured approach to this, had provided some support to Israel, but had pushed back hard against Israeli excesses. We would not be in a situation today, most likely, in which the court would have found Israel potentially being uh, liable for genocide. So this is, I think, a, a direct consequence as well of how we have approached it. So ironically, perhaps paradoxically, this massive amount of support is, uh, Biden has provided to Israel has actually been bad for Israel. And it's certainly been bad for the United States.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, hey, y'all, Scott here. Let me tell you about Roberts and Roberts Brokerage, Inc., who knew? Artificial bank credit expansion leads to price inflation and terribly distorted markets. If you've got any savings left at all, you need to protect them. You need to put some, at least, into precious metals. Well, Roberts and Roberts can set you up with the best deals on silver, gold, platinum, and palladium. And they've been doing this since 1977. Hey, if you just need some sound advice about sound money, they're there for you, too. Call Tim Fry and the guys... At 800-874-9760. That's 800-874-9760. Or check them out at rrbi.co. That's rrbi.co. You'll be glad you did. Hey, y'all, you should sign up for my Substack. It's scotthortonshow.substack.com. And if you do that, you'll get the interviews a day before everybody else. But not only that, they'll be free of commercials. How do you like that? Pretty good, huh? scotthortonshow.substack.com. Hey, y'all, LibertasBella.com is where you get Scott Horton Show and Libertarian Institute shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, and stickers and things, including the great top lobsters designs as well. See, that way it says on your shirt why you're so smart. LibertasBella, from the same great folks who bring you ammo.com for all your ammunition needs, too. That's LibertasBella.com. You know... And we say it facetiously, Israel first, but that is what it means. And for Biden's own politics, too, everywhere he goes now, even where his people go now, they got the left attacking from the left and over this issue more than any other thing. And it very well could cost him the presidency. Like every Muslim in Michigan has got their arms folded across their chest. Lost my vote. And so this is, uh, you know, Israel, uh, pardon me, The phrase America first, it sounds kind of selfish. I think we may have talked about this before, but remember where that came from was David Sanger was trying to frame Donald Trump as an anti-Semite because that was supposed to associate him with Charles Lindbergh. But the problem is nobody even knows that Charles Lindbergh is the hero who flew across the ocean, much less that he was accused of being an anti-Semite, which he was said some bad things sometimes. But um, it didn't work when he hung it around Trump's neck. Trump was like, hey, America first. That sounds pretty good. And the American people were like, yeah. And that do, it means defend America first. It doesn't mean be a selfish jerk and do whatever you want mm. and, and violate other people's rights. It means leave the world alone. And here we're really talking about putting Israel first, where America's entire standing, even from the empire's own point of view, is being severely undermined here from, as you're saying, giving a blank check to this brutality and right in front of everyone on Twitter and Instagram and everything where everyone can see what's going on.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, mean, look, uh, Biden, you know, came in and said that he's going to restore America's standing uh, internationally. And I think it would be fair to say that, to a very large extent, he had succeeded in doing so up until October 7th.
0: Yeah, by starting a war in Ukraine, (laughs) they love that in Europe, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, you and I can agree uh, on our disagreements with Biden uh on ukraine however um it's 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 not inaccurate in my view to say that it certainly restored the u.s standing in europe and some other quarters in the world perhaps not in the majority but you know it's incomparable to where the u.s is standing is now um given how biden has acted on this specific issue and it's just getting worse and worse because on the very same day um, that this ruling comes out, uh, the U.S. announces that it's going to cut funding to the U.N. Uh, uh, mission in, uh, in Gaza that is providing an overwhelming amount of uh, resources, food, education uh, to uh, children in Gaza.
0: Yeah, because they say, and do you know anything about this story? They claim that two members of it were somehow involved in the October the 7th attack.
1: I don't know the details, but even if that is true, we're talking about uh, two members in, in an organization that has thousands of thousands of people, um, and you know it, it seems to me just to be an excuse for them to do something um, uh, to please the Israelis on this. If I'm not mistaken, this is also what Trump did, and then Biden restored it, and now it's doing this. I mean, it's it's frankly painful and embarrassing to watch how many of their policies are shifting back to identical policies that the Trump administration pursued policies that they severely criticized when Trump was pursuing it. And now they're pursuing it themselves.
0: Mm. Yeah. Trump should just say that I'm running on, I'm going to restore America's standing in the world after four years of Joe <laughs> Biden. Um, now, so Trita, can we go through a, a little bit of the details here about uh, what they found? Cause some of the language is pretty stark here about, you know, preliminarily, it looks like you could conclude that they're seeking genocide and they explicitly order the Israelis to cease doing what all, and there's a list, but it's only four or five different things that they stipulate here, right?
1: It is. I actually I don't have it in front of me, but as okay. I, um, uh, you know, they have to make sure that aid is coming in. They have to make sure uh, that they are uh, avoiding targeting c- civilians, children. Um, they have to come in with a report within 30 days that declares and and, and provides evidence that they have achieved doing all of these different things. And that's where I think the South African foreign minister uh, made the argument that none of these things actually can be achieved without a ceasefire. So even short of explicitly calling for a ceasefire, in practice, Israel has to go along with a ceasefire in order to be able to meet the demands of the
0: court. Mm -hmm. And even at one point they say they like issue an injunction against destroying any evidence that may be necessary later. Yeah. Um, so that was a pretty big one. And then, so when they write... And, but it, also, you know, they
1: they're, they're you know they're, they reminded Israel in the court that its ruling is binding and that Israel has to uh, prosecute its own officials. Many of them are seen as the moderates within the Netanyahu government that have made clear... Genocidal statements, such as uh, calling all the Gazans human animals,
0: mm-hmm. and under this convention, those statements by government officials are criminal incitements to genocide. It's not the same as some schmuck with a blog or a podcast. This, is, these are government officials, and essentially of giving orders, Absolutely. right? We, we've seen where where Netanyahu when he He gave a speech where he called the Palestinians Amalek, but he also said that in a message to the troops who apparently internalized that, you know, logic that the entire population of Gaza is one guilty thing to kill. So, yeah. uh, So does that mean, wait, do they say that you got to prosecute these people? Because that would include the prime minister then.
1: I don't know if they call out the prime minister himself, uh, but others, uh, they did. Let me see if I can quickly find that for you. Uh, I mean, it it really is stunning. And again,
0: oh, um, you're right. It does say that number 79, the court is also of the view that Israel must take all measures within its power to prevent and punish the direct and public incitement to commit genocide in relation to members of the Palestinian group in the Gaza Strip.
1: And then it lists Yoav Galant, who said human animals. Isaac Herzog, which I've obviously is seen as a, a, a significant moderate, an entire and nation is responsible. Yisrael Katz said they will not receive the drop of water, which again is a war crime to deprive them of water. So, you know, <laughs> um, this, is, this is extremely problematic for the Israelis. And even if they manage to ignore large parts of it, just as much as the term apartheid increasingly is publicly being used to describe Israel, I suspect that if the Israelis are not doing a good faith effort to actually abide by the court rulings, we're increasingly also going to hear the, the term genocidal as being uh, a description of the Israeli state, unless the Israelis change course.
0: Hmm. Okay, one more question before I let us go. Can you talk a little bit about the major media, the TV and the papers? There have been some reports even in the Washington Post, which I guess there's a younger generation of reporters at the Washington Post who maybe could be expected to be like this a bit. But, you know, the Wall Street Journal did a thing trita that said this is yeah. like hamburg and dresden and tokyo this is like truman at his absolute most hitlerian right here and this is what they're doing to these people of, of this poor ghetto like they're the third reich come on and that's in the wall street journal and then i saw this thing today i'm skipping a few here but for the sake of the question today clarissa ward who is a reliable handmaiden of the war party going back to, say, Syria, for example, and Ukraine. Um, Absolute mouthpiece of the center-left establishment's point of view on, you know, whatever. Take it, Gate, whatever you got. And she did a special here about, uh, I forget if it was three or four different circumstances where it's essentially a proven fact that the Israelis murdered people with white flags, including this old grandma or... or, her mother and her little son, uh, or, n- no, while she was walking with her little son. Yeah, um, and, grandson. And, yeah, oh, it was grandson, yeah. And and yeah. so, um, how meaningful is that? Do you think that this there's a real shift here where the liberals are saying that, geez, the left kind of has a point about this, not that they're paying attention to libertarians or anything, but that maybe <laughs> things really are, as you say, this is way worse than any bad publicity from 2014 or the BDS movement or something, this yeah. is light years beyond the public relations situation that Israel was in before. Absolutely.
1: And again, uh, we may be in a point right now which, in which there's going to take a bit of time for the mainstream media in the United States to actually adjust to this reality because you can just imagine the distance they have to adjust, Right uh but there's going to be adjustments there's they're they're going to have to they're they're not going to be able to uh, continue to ignore this i mean and it's the same thing as with apartheid remember it was extremely controversial but then suddenly you had the report from amnesty from the israeli human rights organizations from human rights watch and it dramatically changed the discourse i think this will make that as well because this is not even an ngo we're talking about we're talking about a centerpiece of the very same international system um uh the u.n system that at the end of the day despite your opposition to it scott um is impossible to ignore
0: yeah all right well thank you very much for your time treated great to talk to you again thanks so much talk right, to have you good. Bye. bye the scott horton show anti-war radio can be heard on kpfk 90.7 fm in la apsradio.com antiwar.com scotthorton.org and libertarianinstitute.org